If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Vacation Rental Success. This is Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be with you once again. Today, we're going to be talking about Airbnb. Uh, we did earlier on in an earlier episode, we talked to uh, Jasper Ribbers, who is the author of the just published book, Get Paid for Your Pad. And I met Jasper at the podcast movement conference in Dallas back in August. And we, we were able to cover off a few things, few questions that I had about Airbnb, but not a great deal. So I've been wanting to find out more about it. I know that many of you are out, out there are advertising on Airbnb and really being successful at it. And they've recently rebranded and uh, have, have this brand new website So I thought it was time to delve into Airbnb in a little bit more detail. And I came across my next guest when I was reading one of Matt Landau's um, epic posts recently, and that was entitled, And This Is Why I Never Talk About Airbnb. It was a great post. As ever with, uh, with anything that Matt puts on his blog, it really gets its fair share of comments And Matt actually turned over most of the comments to Glenn Cooley and he chimed in on the comments. Glenn's a longtime subscriber of his vacation rental marketing blog. Glenn leads an online group of about 6,000 Airbnb hosts, like a moderator. And Matt asked him to share his expertise with us. And I went through and it's a, a really good post to read and also Uh, to read through the comments and the wisdom about Airbnb that uh, that Glenn shares. And I'm sure he's going to tell us this, but uh, something that I will share with you now is that Glenn is not an employee of Airbnb. He is a successful host himself, and he has immersed himself in the vacation rental business and Airbnb. So without further ado, let's move on and we will talk to Glenn. So I'd like to welcome Glenn Cooley onto the Vacation Rental Success podcast, and we're going to pick his brains about Airbnb. Everything he knows about it, he's going to share. Isn't that right, Glenn? Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. I'm I'm really excited to uh, be speaking with you today. Oh, it's an ab- it's an absolute pleasure. I've been I've been uh, really looking forward to this uh, to this conversation. And uh, interesting, after after I talked to Jasper Ribbers a month or so back and realized, you know, what a total dinosaur I was about Airbnb. And, and I've done a lot of reading and a lot of research. As I just mentioned in the introduction to this, I read Matt's post about Airbnb recently, and he sort of handed the comments over to you. And <laughs> <laughs> It's like here you are, just run, uh, run with it. Uh, Matt is such a fantastic. He's, I mean, he's actually really become sort of a mentor of mine, actually, uh, even recently. And I, I really think the world of him. You know, I've, I've actually been following a lot of what he um, was suggesting 
in, you know, as far, as far as how to make things work from a traditional vacation rental standpoint, they work on Airbnb as well. You just kind of have to tweak them around a little bit. We're definitely going to go into into all that. But I, I just want to start out by asking you a little bit about yourself, because you've got such a fantastic story to tell. You know, you, you started out, as you said, you, you always wanted to go to come to uh, Los Angeles, but you ended up in New York and then Chicago and then Las Vegas. And now you're on the West Coast. So tell us how it all happened. I was a sort of a prima donna stage manager when I was about 22 years old and I had an interview with Disneyland and they kind of gave me a job if I wanted one. But I didn't think it was the right thing for me because I had to be in New York because, you know, my university professors were like, oh, well, you know, you must go to New York. You must do that. You know, you, you can't, you know, California is, is, is not the real thing. And so that's how I ended up in New York. Never intended on leaving New York. In fact, I w- can be quoted as saying I would, never, would always have an apartment in Manhattan even. Things sort of got to where they were just not the same anymore. So I started moving west. And then I ended up spending five years in Las Vegas working for Cirque du Soleil. I never thought I would work for Cirque du Soleil because I don't speak French. I'm not from Canada. And I just didn't think I was what they were looking for. And in fact, they, I was exactly what they were looking for. One of the best stage management um, experiences of my life, actually, was when I was working for The Beatles Love from 2006 to 2011. Um, it was probably the it was the highlight of my entire career. And interestingly enough, that is what landed me in Los Angeles. Uh, I worked for a second production. I was asked to uh, help open, which was uh, Iris at the Dolby Theater and on Hollywood Boulevard. And it's I mean, it, it is it was a show about uh, movies. It failed big time. I, I didn't really know what to do. I had only been in um, LA for a year and a half. And, you know, I came in with the, you know, with the crazy French Canadian circus and no one knew who I was in the theatrical community around here. And, but I loved living here. I love living in LA. I love everything about it. I'm such an advocate for Los Angeles. I, I have never been happier in any other city that I've lived in. And so I had a, a roommate situation that was not working out well either. So I had to actually throw the guy out that I actually helped move to L.A., who was my best friend in Las Vegas. Oh, because that that sounds a little tough. It was very tough. It was heart wrenching. I turned around and I said, well, he's out. I said, I don't know what we're going to do now because my show closes in January and I don't have any money. He said, you're going to do Airbnb. I said, I said, what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a website. People put their, you know, spare rooms up on it and, um, you know, people will stay at your house. And I said, and where do I stay? And he said, oh, you stay here too. And I was like, oh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, I will be homeless and destitute before I allow anyone off the internet to just randomly come in and take over the second bedroom while I'm still here. It's not going to happen. And I did everything in my 
scope of influence to avoid to doing Airbnb. And, and even in despite of that, it worked. <laughs> so, because I had a you know, few random people that I knew from friends or whatever that came in that were, you know, would stay like a month here and that kind of thing. And then by February though, I was out of options. And so I was like, wow, I'm gonna have to do this Airbnb thing. And I set my listing up and did everything wrong. And I made all, all these silly mistakes because unlike now where there's, there's quite a bit of information out there about, you know, the best practices and, and, and Airbnb has made some great strides and educating the, their the host community. Um, at that time, there was very little at all. I was, like I said, making silly mistakes. Like, you know, I had a $750 security deposit for, a, you know, for a, a one bedroom. Sorry, it was a two bedroom apartment, but you were only getting the one bedroom. It was a private room. But after the first guest I had, I discovered I really liked it a lot. And it was very similar to what I had been doing as a stage manager for 15 years. I was basically putting on a show in my apartment for two or three or sometimes four audience members that would come in. And that's, that's the way I looked at it. And that's actually a way I still look at it. From a stage management background, there's, a very, um, there's, there's one task that the stage manager does actually prior to the audience opening, and it's opening the house. Because in theatrical lingo, the audience seating area is the house. And the stage manager is the last person that looks at the house and makes sure everything is exactly right. And I was very methodical about doing this. And each show that I worked on, you know, there's a standard operating procedure about everything that I would check before um, you open the house. That's exactly what you do when you hand over your vacation rental or your Airbnb listing to a guest. That is that that's so. the most unique way of looking at it that I've I've, <laughs> I've ever come across and I think it but it's but it's so simple. I'm interested in finding out a lot more about this. So you've fallen in love with Airbnb. What does it actually mean to you now? I mean you're a couple of years in are you in the same apartment? Have you and doing exactly the same thing? Are you still in with the guests, or are you now renting out a whole house? Actually, right now I am sort of doing both. I'm not in the same apartment. I have a, a actually a nicer place now, but I had multiple listings that were uh, ent entire place listings versus the private room. It's a very different experience as a, from a, from a host or an owner standpoint, when you have a private room listing versus an entire place. Mm -hmm. um, when you're uh, listing a private room, it's, it's a very host centric experience because, you know, a lot of times I would get guests and they would come in and they wouldn't know what to do. And I would find this so strange because I'm like, you came here from Israel and you didn't like think about what you would want to be doing. And they're like, no, because your profile was so interesting and you gave us so much information about, you know, all the things to do here. We figured you would just tell us what we needed to do. It's almost like <laughs> um, the, the, the you know, traditional bed and breakfast, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So, so where people will come in and as host in the same home, just see them into a room and, but yeah. but in this case they they use your kitchen. They'll I I know this because my son in Liverpool 
has been doing this with one of his rooms, but on on couch surfer. So you know, I've I've been listening to him as as he sort of talks about being a couch surfer host, which is very similar. And I've seen all the posts he's putting on Facebook, which is, you know, him out in front of you know Liverpool Cathedral and the Beatles houses, taking all his couch surfing guests around the city. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. I really did. I mean, because that's really, uh, and, and actually at the time I was doing, I was driving for Uber. I, I was Mr. Share Economy last summer. Um, I was driving for Uber and hosting for Airbnb. And so I, I was the entire Share Economy experience in my Jeep Grand Cherokee um because i would go pick them up at the at the uh airport if they wanted to do that and to bring them to my place i was i was very hands on and it just depends you know other hosts are not were not as hands on as i was i really enjoyed it and because that was my job and the one of the reasons i learned airbnb and about how to do this so quickly is because it was either either this had to work or I was going to have to leave town. Um, so those were my only choices. And so, uh, you know, because a lot of people assume that I've been doing this for a long time. And even with Airbnb, they assume, and I'm like, no, I, I haven't. They're like, but how do you know all this? And I was like, well, I studied, you know? And, and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I found other hosts that were doing well, and I started doing what they did. And... I was like, that's how I learned how to do this. I said, because there's no other information out. Or out. And in fact, that's one of the things that led me to the, the new host forum, which we can talk about later. But Airbnb is about meaningful experiences. And it's in, especially with a private room listing, it's a very, very host-centric um, experience. The interesting thing about that also is when you move to an entire listing or entire place, which I only did just for financial reasons. I mean, it's just you can make a lot more money in an entire place because people are willing to pay more for the, you know, quote, luxury of having their own place there. It's, it's an easier decision uh, for, a, for a lot of uh, new guests to make because they, you know, they don't really have to worry about like, well, what if he, what if the host is really strange or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just easier if the host isn't there. Um, the reality is though, a, a lot of times the guest will have a much better experience in a host situation with a private room. But as Airbnb becomes more mainstream, it's becoming more palatable, I think, for a lot of people to um, especially if they're looking at Airbnb as a hotel alternative to th to not have anyone else there. That, that's a good segue into my next question, really, because I was wanted to talk about um, just the traditional listing sites, HomeAway, FlipKey, uh, etc. There really isn't much anything much else out there now. What's the gap between them and Airbnb? Because what from what you're just saying, it seems that that gap is is closing uh, because of this. You move towards whole home rental rather than just um, just a room, which is really what how how Airbnb started. So, mm -hmm. where do you see this? There's a huge difference between Airbnb and the more traditional, you know, HomeAway, FlipKey, um, that type of uh, just the listing sites. And it's because the Airbnb sparked a movement. 
um, they they were basically the impetus behind the sharing economy, which is you know the the big thing right now. And in, in creating this social movement, they have sort of created their own economy. They've they've and they have brand leadership that is on par with Apple Computer. I mean, it's it's um, it's it's really I I haven't really seen anything like it other than um, Apple. Most of the time, Airbnb hosts will not use any other service. I had three listings I was running at one time, and I was everywhere. I was a homeway. I was on Airbnb. I was on. Um, well, v- VREO, which is the same thing. I mean, I-, I was everywhere. And in doing that is one of the, this is when I really understood sort of both sides of this market that we're in, actually, um, because Airbnb is very different. It's a very different experience for the guest as well um, as from, from the standpoint of the owner or the host as well. When I look at it, the um, HomeAway, if, if I was a new owner listing on HomeAway or FlipKey for that matter, the focus is not on being a host. It's in there somewhere and there are some, uh, there is some encouragement to talk about yourself as an owner and there are areas where you can, but it's not the primary focus. Whereas um, to me, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that with Airbnb, when you list with them, that is the primary focus. You are the host. It's all, it's about a relationship. Am I right? As far as Airbnb is concerned, I'm very much you know, and I'm very realistic. There's certain there's there are things about as you if you read the um, comment thread and Matt's article. You know, there are things I do not like about Airbnb, and you know because and I have you know as Matt put it, no vested interest in the company. Uh, you know, other than you know my own, I guess. I really do feel it is such a, a fantastic experience. It, it's it's been a, a life changing, really life changing experience for me because you know, hosts as far as Airbnb is concerned are the product. You know, Brian Chesky said it himself. We are, or the hosts are their most important asset in the entire company because without hosts, there is no Airbnb. And the difference, um, as you were uh, talking about. A second ago, um, between Airbnb and HomeAway, Flipkey, and the others, to me, is that it's the difference between a piece of real estate and an experience that you would have, like, in a home. It's the difference between a house and a home, to me. With HomeAway, you're getting a structure. You're getting a you're getting an empty house. You, you know that not really part of anything else. And uh, I think with Airbnb, you are getting a, it's much more of a complete experience, much a much more localized experience. The hosts are absolutely um, encouraged to get to know who their guests are. It's very important that the host sort of tailors at least part of the experience around the guest. I think it makes it for better hosts. It makes for a better experience for um, the guests. And I think it also makes it more uh, palatable for um, new people to come into the marketplace. And I I think that's also precisely why if you look at the differences between the two companies, you know, HomeAway has not brought one new customer to their platform since they opened. Because 
all they've done is bought up other companies. They've bought up other other people's work. Airbnb is the exact opposite of that. I mean, they started because two guys in San Francisco couldn't pay the rent. They had airbeds in the closet. And that's how it started. That experience that they had and they shared with the other with the guests that were coming that came with them is the start of what we now know as the sharing economy, really. And it was very much a sort of a grassroots, you know, word of mouth movement versus, you know, one corporate takeover after the other. I think that's also one of the reasons why Airbnb seems like they were late to the market. Um, when in actuality, Airbnb has been around almost as long as Humway. It's just a lot of people just didn't know about them because because of the way it grew. That's why I, I think, you know, I call myself a dinosaur about it because I, you know, I consider myself fairly well versed in the industry, but but, <laughs> but really wasn't, you know, didn't really have sight of it until earlier this year. I knew it was there. It It just didn't come right on my, you know, horizon until you know, perhaps January, February of this year. Let's move on to the new host forum because there's there's clearly lots of people coming into Airbnb, new hosts, uh, wondering what to do, what it's all about, because I cannot be the only dinosaur out there. Or, <laughs> what, tell me about the new host forum. What made you, um, because you, you are the, the moderator, did you actually start it up yourself? I did, I did. I was a new host myself. Um, that's actually why I formed the group because I quite literally had no idea what I was doing. I wouldn't advise doing it that way uh, to anyone else, uh, you know, because I was so intently studying this and, and actually I did know more than I thought I did, but uh, from my, um, you know, personal um, experience, I guess, I felt like I knew nothing. Um, and um, that is what led me to creating uh, the new host forum because I thought there has to be, there have to be other people like me. I cannot be the only new host at Airbnb or trying to do this that doesn't know what they're doing. And um, come to find out, there were lots of people that didn't know what they were doing. It's been referred to as the, quote, homepage for Airbnb's groups platform because it very often the new host forum for a new host is the first personal interaction that they'll have with anyone that actually is in any way affiliated with Airbnb. Now, that's the other very interesting thing about, you know, this industry that we're in, because you can be with HomeAway or FlipKey or even Airbnb for years and never actually meet someone in person that actually works for the company. I just really find that very strange. You know, we have a job here as as hosts to, to make to make this work, because if it doesn't work, we're all going to be out. We're all going to lose. I mean, if, if this is a, a massive failure, um, you know, we can point fingers at Airbnb or whatever all day long. But the fact of the matter is the people that are going to lose out are the hosts. It won't be Airbnb. 
because Airbnb will have other problems to deal with. But it's going to be, you know, 300,000 hosts that are that are going to lose out that what um, in a situation, obviously, I mean, there's not saying that the whole, you know, industry would go down the toilet or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is like, as far as that experience was for me. Isn't it uh, interesting, though, that uh, I, a lot of homeowners who rent out their places do tend to do this. They're sort of living in a vacuum or operating yeah. in a vacuum for a long time before they finally realize they can get out and talk to others and that that's okay to do so and get information. I mean, I go back to the, there's a forum called laymyhat.com, which has been running since oh, uh, early 2000s, um, mainly for UK and European vacation rental owners. I remember discovering that way back in sort of 2003 and thinking, oh my goodness, there's something, you know, there's other people out there doing what I'm doing and it's okay to share information. We can, we can do this. We can, uh, we can support each other. You know, I mean, I've actually haven't been completely favorable about Homeway uh, as a company, but I mean, we're basically all in the same boat here. Airbnb is, you know, the, has you know get, has been batted around the press lately. I think that's just because they're they're the most popular service, really, and they're also in major cities. There seems to be a misunderstanding by a lot of quote you know traditional vacation home owners that they think somehow that they're going to be okay because they don't use Airbnb, and that's just not the way the laws work. You can't legislate a company out of business. So if if Airbnb is illegal, I've got news for these uh, vacation rental owners because they're going to be illegal too. So when uh, there's a you know anti Airbnb legislation or whatever, it's not good for anybody. You know, it's only because the press is targeted Airbnb because they're the one that's everyone talking about. And I think it's also because the early adopters of of the Airbnb platform were much younger than the typical vacation rental owner and the typical vacation rental guest. And, it, and, and isn't so, it a lot to do with the nature of the location? You know, so, so much of it is in urban locations, whereas yeah. traditional vacation rentals are found in the, the more holiday maker type destinations where it, it was more accepted. It's been going on for a hundred years or something. Glenn, tell me what's happening in November. I know there's an announcement. Um, by the time this is um, this is published, it will be all out in the open. But um, tell me about it anyway. Actually, it's it's very interesting. I'm, I'm very excited about it. In November, for the first time ever, they're going to do a host convention. It's going to be uh, November 21st to 23rd. It's going to be in San Francisco. It's called the Airbnb Open and it's going to be a, they're saying about a thousand hosts there now, which is a very small percentage of uh, how many hosts there are. Uh, it's being organized by Chip Conley, who is the uh, Airbnb's uh, global head of hospitality. And it's going to be an experience where um, hosts can, you know, engage with each other. And uh, there's an education component, um, which I will be participating in. Uh, which is going to be, there's this peer-to-peer sessions that have been organized. One of the things that I've done a lot of research and my own sort of testing um, with is Airbnb's sort of infamous uh, search engine. 
And I'm going to be teaching a session, uh, or actually two sessions, to hosts about things that they can do to take advantage of um, certain aspects of the search engine. I mean, it's too smart to trick it out. I mean, you can't, there are a lot of people that, that will, that are advertising right now, like, Oh, if you do this or that, you know, you know, they guarantee that this, that, or the other about the search engine. And it's just simply, it's just, it's too smart um, for that. There are so many different metrics that go into it. You know, th there's, there's really no way to guarantee, you know, like a number one spot mm -hmm. um, because it depends on who's searching and it depends on, what they're looking for as to what the results are going to be. Um, but there still are certain things that you can do with your listing and just certain things you can do as a host that will give you a better ranking. And so that's what I'm going to be um, teaching. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it because I'm also going to try and see if I can, and I'm almost afraid to say this out loud, but I'm going to try to see if we I can actually do a an in-person get-together or meet-up, I guess, with the new host forum. And um, I haven't told anyone else about that yet. So I think as every, everybody listening to this podcast knows, I was at the Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas um, in back in August. And I'm a member of um, a group called Podcasters Paradise, which has about a 1,000 um, members and John Lee Dumas, who has um, started up Podcasters Paradise, did exactly that. On the first night of the conference, he, he found himself a, a local venue and just hosted an hour's meetup. And it was the most it, yeah, an amazing event. So, yeah, you should do that. People want to meet you. They've, <laughs> you know, this, this is it. You're, you're, you know, you're a celebrity in that sphere. Um, and... Yeah, I would absolutely do it. Yeah, and it's so funny because, um, uh, you know, I, and it's because uh, I have a lot of contacts with uh, with Airbnb, and there's one in particular who I'm, I'm actually very close with the, the community manager in LA. Um, and I, she laughs all the time when I talk about the everyone in the um in the host forum because i i know who everybody is because there's six thousand members in the new host forum that's really not even the biggest one um there's there are other group the biggest group right now has about eleven thousand members in it which i won't allow i i we go through i go through and prune them out uh because that's just there's just too many so and that's actually one of the other things that i'm working on is airbnb created this this groups platform and they were just like, well, here you go. And so now we're seeing there's becoming a need to not only train the host, but you, we need to train the group organizers on how to moderate gr some of these groups that are growing in leaps and bounds. Now, you know, those aren't 10,000 individual users that aren't members of any other group because, you know, some people are members of lots of groups. But we're discovering a need now to in the in the as the the Airbnb's host community, you know, last year compared to this year is completely different. You know, this time last year, the new host forum had probably this is actually also before the groups were announced uh, publicly and available to any host anywhere on Airbnb's platform. But then we had 
probably in, let's see, September of last year, I probably had 150 hosts in the new host form. At one point, we were, I was getting 800 new members a week because they were, because the mobile app was funneling every new host into the new host form. Glenn, I'm, we, we are getting towards the end of, of this and I don't want to um, sort of push you to finish, but I, I just want to, to just just say again to people that if anybody is, is out there thinking of um, listing on Airbnb, that um, there is this, uh, the, the Airbnb Open that will be held in San Francisco November the 21st to 23rd and Glenn will be speaking there. By the time this airs, my <laughs> website will be live too. People want to list or whatever, you know, they can go to my website and get tips or whatever. You know, because it's just it's just going to be glencooley.com. And then I've got to talk with Jay William about what I want the real domain to be. But for now, if they go there and it'll send them over to wherever they need to go, need to go. Just before you wrap, we wrap up. I uh -huh. want to. Um, now this is this is quick fire. I want you to give me five uh, tips on how someone who is new who is a new host can become successful in the Airbnb space. Okay, five tips uh, that are quick. Alrighty, so the first thing is you need to learn how Airbnb works before you jump in as a host. Uh, because you need to understand how it, it works from um, it just as a platform. And don't be afraid to ask questions. And um, there's a lot of things you could take care, take advantage of, like free photography and other things that I can that I talk about on my website that will get you give you a head start. The second tip is create an authentic listing, and um, that means you need to be accurate. and And the, um, the authentic listing is a key difference in from Airbnb to any other uh, vacation rental platform. The third thing is it is impossible to communicate too much to a guest. And this kind of goes for anything, but for, for um, either side of the market, I guess. There are two things. There's, I think there are two things that every guest is afraid of um, before they arrive. And actually, the, the pre, before the guest arrives is the most critical point in the uh, communication experience. But the first thing is the guest is afraid that they're going to show up and the listing is going to be made up and not, never existed. Um, and the second thing they're afraid of is that they're going to get canceled on. So the more you communicate as a host, the better that experience will be uh, for the guest and the more confident they're going to feel about it. Uh, third thing is to... Uh, your bed has to be fantastic. I am a disciple of the Church of Mercedes Brennan. People are going to have sex in your bed and just get over it and take advantage of it. Uh, so do not buy cheap sheets and make sure everything that they might need is there. And the last thing is, and this totally comes from my stage management background, but you just need to be ready for anything that will happen during their experience. And I think the best way you can do that is as a host, you can you can be the one who initiates the feedback loop. And by doing that is don't not on the first night that they're there, uh, but on the second, you know, the like day two, maybe around lunchtime, you know, that you can send them a text message and just check in with them and just to make sure that they've, you know, ask them if they've, 
you know, if they've found everything and, um, you know, if they have any questions or anything like that, you know, because I think when a guest gets in, they want to know, like, where are the keys? Where's the bathroom? Thank you. Goodbye. You know, because a lot of times they've been you know traveling all day. And and this happens with vacation rental owners as well. I think a lot of people try to go into their long spiel, about giving a grand tour of the property. And that, frankly, is the last thing that a guest wants to do when they finally arrive where they are. They, you know, they just want to, I think a lot of them just want to be by themselves. And, and that's what I, I learned to do. You know, I, I let them, I just let them come in and, and I have everything in, in my welcome book, but it's, uh, that's it. That's the five tips. I think those are the fantastic <laughs> five tips. And I love, I, <clears throat> I love the last one. And it's something that I've said a lot over time is every owner of, or host needs to experience it this for themselves they need to go and be a guest in somebody oh, else's property because until you've done that you'll never know what it's like i, I remember years and years ago going to a, a property and we'd we'd flown from england to canada it was a long long flight we then had a three-hour drive and when we arrived at the property and you consider the five-hour time difference and we arrived at 10 o'clock at night for so all of us and there were 12 of us for us, it was all two o'clock in the morning and we've two or three in the yeah. morning and we've got kids and the owner spent an hour showing us around the house. Oh, and it's the it's, and it's, it was and it's, exactly the last yeah. thing we could possibly ever want. But anyway, so so that that was yeah. that was a great point. And I'm really glad you made that. Glenn, oh, well, you. you have been an absolutely wonderful guest. You've really shared so much about Airbnb. Yeah. I have now moved from Dinosaur. To, I'm now completely knowledgeable. Well, not not well, quite so. <laughs> well, we'll have to do it again. I'll uh, I'll think of some other things I can talk to you about. Okay, that would be wonderful. We'll have a part two. Fantastic! I look forward to it. Well, thanks very much, Glenn. I wish you every good luck with your new site, with um, with the Airbnb open in November, and and every success with your um with with your own Airbnb properties too. Well, thank you very much, uh, Heather. Thank you again for having me on. It's been, it's been fantastic. It's my pleasure. It's always great to talk to somebody as passionate about this business as Glenn is. And, uh, and he clearly is passionate about Airbnb. And I know that uh, the platform does have its detractors. I mean, every single platform will have we all get very tied into something that's working for us and it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. But it certainly is something that you may want to look at in a little more depth. And now you know that if you do become a new host at Airbnb, you can go to the new host forum and uh, it's Glenn that's going to be around to guide you in the right direction. So if you're thinking about taking the plunge, well then go for it. So it certainly seems to be working extremely well for many, many people. When you consider that, you know, 6,000 people on the new host forum, it's, it's obviously a platform that is appealing to a lot of, uh, of, of people. So that just about wraps it up for another episode. I am getting very excited because I'm heading off on my road trip very shortly. Uh, I've just been outside into my RV just to pack a few things away. I'm going to be taking, although I'm going to have some, uh, some episodes are going to be pre-recorded before I go so I can schedule those. But I am going to be doing some, uh, a couple of shows actually straight from the, uh, the RV. 
um, I'm taking some equipment with me, the muse hits me, then I'm going to get the microphone out and, uh, and start recording. So you'll probably be hearing from me down the road. I'll be heading to Cincinnati actually first for a couple of nights, then down into Kentucky to a state park where we'll hide ourselves away for two long, wonderful weeks. And then we'll meander our way down through Birmingham, Alabama, down to the uh, what they call the forgotten coast of Florida and staying in a place called Carabelle, which is just south of Tallahassee. And then somewhere, sometime around the middle of October, we'll be moving on up to, to Dallas because there's a few people I met in Dallas for the podcast conference that I'd really like to go back and, uh, and meet up with again. So we're going to have a week at uh, Grapevine in Dallas. So I hope to meet a couple of folks while I'm there. But I'm also going to be flying out of Dallas to San Diego uh, towards the end of October to attend the VRMA conference. That's the Vacation Rental Managers Association conference. And we'll be taking along my recording equipment. So hopefully I'm going to meet up with some people there and do, do a lot of networking while I'm there and collect lots of information and knowledge to bring back to you. When, when we finally get back home in early November. So there you are. That's my itinerary for the next uh, next seven or eight weeks. And I just can't wait. It's been a long, long summer here. And, and although I love working with Cottage Link Rental Management, which is my agency very dearly, the time comes in October where we just move them on out and uh, get off on vacation for a few weeks and just to recharge the batteries because when we come back in November, the season for 2015 will have kicked off and we'll be back into it for for another year, uh, which is always, and I'd love to come back rejuvenated and really get in and at it. I've got a lot of ideas. And, oh, you're going to love next week's podcast episode with Andy McNulty uh, from Vacation Insiders because we're going to talk about creating these local guides and Andy and I are currently working on one for my company and that's really exciting. So by the time that episode comes out, I'm hoping that I will have my first Vacation Insider up and running that uh, that I can show you. So that's something I'm working on right at this moment. So once again, thank you as always for bearing with me, for being, for staying along to the end I love knowing that there's people out there on a treadmill uh, taking the dog for a walk in the car that's actually really listening to to all this. So because of that, I'd love to hear your comments. So if you get the chance, go to www.cottageblogger.com forward slash VRS41 and uh, take a look at the show notes. Go down to the bottom of the show notes and you can uh, make a comment. And of course, any of the links that uh, that we I talked about with Glenn will be on there as well. So it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. And I'll be back with you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh,